Welcome to the Seahawkers podcast from the podium pregame edition. I'm Brandon Schultz. It's going to be a cold environment in Kansas City today, a high of 18 and a low of two degrees. And of course, with the cold in Montana, we've got to kick things off with Montana native Will Disley. And here's what he said when he was asked about the coldest game he's ever played in. The coldest game that I played in, I think it was negative eight. Montana, eighth grade crosstown rivalry. I played fullback. And the fact that parents sat in the stands and watched 30 fullback dives in negative eight degrees is amazing. It's just the most amount of support you could ever ask for. So it was a cold one, though. Cody Barton, who played his college football at Utah, also shared his coldest game story. Game wise, probably like, I mean, your games in the 20s, maybe like right below that, but. Um, Trying to think. The coldest I ever played in was practice, though, my freshman year at Utah. And they said it was negative 23 with the wind chill. But it was like 30 minutes and they canceled it. But it was awful. It was awful. The Seahawks march into this environment without their offensive captain, Tyler Lockett, who had finger surgery this week. Here was Carroll's update on the procedure. He has surgery, and the doc said it was perfect. Um, he had a lot of work done. And, but it's re- very, very secure. And, and so they feel very good about him coming back quickly. DK Metcalf offered his thoughts on how he thinks it'll feel to take the field without number 16. Yeah, it's always going to be strange whenever Tyler's not playing or, you know, somebody has been there for so long um, not playing. Um, but um, just another challenge along the way that we got to overcome. Flipping back to Coach Carroll, here's what he had to say about this Chiefs offense. Because of the, the, the versatility of it, the uh, quickness and rhythm, the creativity, and that, you, you know, you, they have things that they love to do that you can see. They have their base things, but they always complement them really well and, and uh, will take advantage in every game plan to be unique in some way. And, and that's, I mean, you know, Eric Bienemy has done a fantastic job. He, he deserves a ton of credit, too. I, I don't know where, you know, where they draw the line there, but I know Eric is calling all the plays and, and uh, he's been highly successful and continues to, to show that, you know, he commands this offense and, and uh, it's they're the top offense in the NFL. It's the best in the world. And Eric's calling all those plays. So you got to give him a lot of credit. They have really good balance and, and, uh, um, they don't, you know, they don't overdo it with a running game. They, they, they know what they got in the quarterback, so they're going to throw the heck out of it. But they, they have really uh, complementary balance that, that allows them to be uh, effective with all of the different things they do because they do a lot of actions and a lot of, a lot of movements with the QB and all of that that come off of the running game, and, and it's very effective. Big RPO team. You know, they're, they're as, as much so as anybody. Here were defensive coordinator Clint Hurts' comments on the unit. The culmination of it all. Obviously, the quarterback is uh, generational talent. Um, the SEAL guys that are around him are good football players, too. The offensive line is outstanding. And then Andy Reid, obviously, um, is an unbelievable play caller and, and schemer and, and the stuff that he does, the adjustments within games when you see defenses try to take things away from uh, from the quarterback and their offense and his ability to adjust within the game. And it's a credit to the players, too. You see they pick up on it. So all around, it's a special unit, and that's why they've been so successful, obviously, the last few years. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes is, of course, the top player of concern on the Chiefs. It's really, it's really cool to watch the guy play. He, he's got, because he has the ability, he can be messing with the, the rush over here, spin out and, and know that the guy all the way down the field on the other side has a chance to get the ball and, did, and the ball goes. Meaning that he has a feel for the entire field. And, and uh, 
everything is available to him because he's got a great arm and his release is excellent too and he can release you know however he needs to um that's not over you know over played you know when they talk about the different ways he can get rid of the football it really does come into play for him it really helps him uh in the decision making that he can make because everything's available he can be going this way and, and put it back over there throw it across his body the no looks and all that kind of fun stuff uh, but it's really his overall awareness he's got amazing spatial awareness and it it allows him to have everybody available. And so you can't rest. I mean, you may have a guy that slips and falls over here, and he's going that way, and, and that guy pops up, and bam, he'll find him. And uh, those those unique plays are available to him. So he doesn't do it all the time because you can't. But he, but they're on film now. He's he, And he doesn't always hit them, but he sees them, and, and it's, it's remarkable to watch. Pete Carroll said that general manager John Schneider was tremendously interested in the former Texas Tech quarterback in the draft. John really liked him. No, John was all over him. He, he, he had studied him hard. He knew what he could do. I don't remember the circumstances now, but I know that going in, John was really thrilled about this, this guy's chances of being a great player. And it was, it was, um, it was always about the, the, uh, the off-tempo plays that he did that were so extraordinary. Well, look at him now, you know, and, and you could see that, that he had a, a range of abilities that most guys don't have. And, and uh, John you know, had a really good feel for that. He was right on it. Looking over to the defensive side of the ball, here's what Carroll said about the two former Seahawks on the Chiefs defensive line in Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap. They're using them in their classic ways that they, those guys play. Frankie's more of an edge rush guy. And uh, Lowe's plays on, you know, on the left side and does his thing. He's got a style all of, all of his own. The guy you can't keep your eyes off is, is Chris Jones. He's, he's a monster. And uh, so it, it really complements. They all complement each other. Make it a good, effective group. Gino talked about Dunlap and defensive tackle Chris Jones. Let's start with what he had to say about Jones. Chris Jones, man, he's got a unique style because, uh, you know, he plays inside, he plays outside, he can be the nose guard, he can play the three tech, you know, he can play the shade or he can play in. And uh, there's not many guys who can really play across the entire line like that. Um, I think he has 11 sacks right already, um, so he's very productive. Uh, and then you see him uh, at times just wrecking games. And so we've got to be mindful of where he is at all times. Uh, it's my job to make sure I get the ball out uh, in the proper fashion so uh, he doesn't you know, have that much of an impact on the game. And how about the trait that stands out most about Carlos Dunlap? Man, still, still tall. You know, still tall. He hasn't, he hasn't shrunk an inch, man. He's still tall. Uh, I think he leads the league in batted passes. Um, he does a great job uh, with those guys coming in, and um, you know he's a part of this you know pass rush package, and uh, he's been doing a great job, man. He's uh, he's making it hard on the quarterbacks. You know, six six guy with long arms. Uh, he's gonna have to find ways to throw around him, but uh, he's he's a uh, you know he's a guy I've always uh, enjoyed playing with and against, and so I look forward to it. If you had not yet heard, the Seahawks had four players selected to the Pro Bowl this week: kicker Jason Myers, safety Quandre Diggs quarterback Geno Smith, and cornerback Tariq Woolen. Each of them were up on the podium this week. Let's hear first from the player and then afterward from Coach Carroll. Let's start with Jason Myers. You know, it's definitely something to strive for every year. Um, it's a good honor to be voted in by fans, coaches, players. So um, definitely something you strive for on an individual basis, definitely every year. So, um, you know, went, went a couple years ago. It was an awesome experience for me and my family. So definitely looking forward to going back again. Really, you look at since he's been here at the Seahawks, he's had a great a great run with us. And he's he's done a fantastic job. Had a, an awesome year. You know, there was a time I think he hit 258s or something or 256s or whatever there in one game. We kind of just, you know, okay, that's no big deal, you know. 
and uh, he's he's just been so solid and so accountable. Um, he's a great kid to work with too because you know he's 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 really a, a a ball player and it comes out and I mean he, he competes like the like every other position competes and and uh, so we're really fortunate to have him. Here's Quandre Diggs. I mean, it feels good. It's always good to be honored, you know what I mean, um, by, you know, fans, um, my, of course, my peers and coaches. I mean, for me, that's the most important thing is the respect around the league, you know. Um, I don't really care what everybody else has to say. It's more about what guys see me do every week. And um, obviously, my peers feel a certain way about me, so um, I'm blessed. That's a phenomenal story that maybe could get lost. I think just if you could remember where he where he was on the field, uh, you know, last year late, and uh, and how how traumatic that was because he knew exactly what had happened, uh, you know, at, at the moment that it happened, and he was crushed, you know, and but he battled back and he never backed off, and uh, he did everything he needed to do, and, and came back and put together another uh, Pro Bowl season for us, and. Um, He's such a big deal around here. Guys love this kid. He's just such a, he's such a competitor. He's so tough. Uh, when he speaks, everybody listens. And and uh, um, to have him, you know, get have that recognition again is, uh, is really grateful for. It. And our quarterback Geno Smith. I'm really grateful just for uh, you know the fans voting, uh, obviously the players and coaches as well. So very grateful. Uh, you know, just you know, first Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, really excited about it. But, you know, really focused on this game and, you know, really finishing out the season strong. So, uh, you know, very thankful and grateful uh, for, all, for the recognition. You know, I'm not, I don't feel validated by it. I think us winning will give me some, some validation. You know, I think that'll be it for me. So, uh, you know, I, obviously I'm grateful, but, uh, you know, I don't, there's no validation. I mean, look at him. Has, it, has he wavered at all? He hasn't, you know. And the only way that really that could happen is if you had anticipated it and had mental, the mentality that, you know, this wasn't out of the realm. And, and uh I mean, he's he's writing his own story. You know, there's not many people that, that can that can you know claim what he's done here. And so, uh, um, I'm going to listen to what he's saying, and I'm going to believe what he's what he feels is 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 exactly on point. And the sole Seahawks rookie to make the Pro Bowl, Tariq Woolen. She was, she was just excited. Uh, she found out and knew. Well, I already knew the day before. She was already out now, but uh, she had found out the day of and. She would text me and say it was an emergency to call her. So I thought it was something crazy. But uh, she was just telling me the news that she heard. She was just so excited. And uh, I also talked to my dad, too. And uh, he just, you know, he was uh, shocked, too, because he the person that introduced me to the game of football. So whenever he found out, you know, I put a big smile on his face, too. Yeah, he, he's had a, a fantastic season. He's made so many uh, extraordinary plays. And been a factor in so you know, so many good things that have happened. You know, with with the ball coming to us, recovering fumbles, and all the picks as well. Uh, he and Kobe Bryant had a little string going there earlier in the year. You know, knocking the ball loose, and um, it, it's another terrific story. You know, he showed early in camp that hey, there's something here, and we just kind of hung with it and hung with it, and and uh, before you knew it, he was he was really he was matching up with our best guys and doing a good job, and so it just meant that. Let's see what happens. You know, let's go with him. And, and uh, he's handled it really well. Been really humble. I don't know how he was with you guys today, but he's just been humble and and uh, and very poised about all of this. So really proud of what he's accomplished and the coaches that helped him get through this. Before we get to the full injury report, let's hear Pete Carroll's rundown, starting with the running back room, Ken Walker, followed by DJ Dallas. Um, he, he's okay. I got to wait and see. Uh, he had a little, little something, little spasms or something today, but... Uh, um, with, he looked good yesterday, so he should be ready to go. 
DJ did well today. Yeah, matter of fact, he looked good enough. We, we, we pulled him out. He had done enough to show us that he can play. Unfortunately, safety Ryan Neal will not play today. It just his, his knee just didn't respond this time. Um, really, the Sunday thir- uh, Thursday thing got him. You know that was just too soon. And he made it through the game and played played all right in the game. But uh, it just was too much to ask, and he couldn't couldn't get back. If, if anybody would have made it back to play, he would have done it. Um, so it's unfortunate, but we got to rest him a week. Tight end Noah Fant, however, is set to play. He should be ready to go. He should be okay. We'll, we'll you know we got to get him through all the way till uh, we get to the stadium. But. Um, He's needed all that time, but he looked good yesterday, and, and, and that was enough to give us the feeling that he should be okay. Marquise Goodwin, who we want to see a big game from in lieu of Tyler Lockett, he was injured in practice this week and had to sit out a day, but he is expected to play. Yeah, he, he got tangled up yesterday and, and just turned his ankle a little bit, regular you know, lateral ankle sprain that should be okay. He says he's playing and he's not gonna, nothing's going to hold him out, so it wasn't bad, um, but we just needed to rest him today. And finally, defensive tackle Al Woods. He thinks he's playing next week. He, he, you know, he's he's really positive about it. He, he's just really it breaks his heart. You know, this is his team, and and he's a leader on this team, and he wants to be right in the middle of everything. So it breaks his heart that he can't be a part of it. But um, but it, he has a really good chance next week. And looking at the official injury report this week, the Seahawks have three key players listed as out: Al Woods, Tyler Lockett, and Ryan Neal. Marquise Goodwin, Noah Fant, Ken Walker, and DJ Dallas all listed as questionable, but all are expected to play. Tight end Jody Forston is out for Kansas City. Defensive tackle Kalen Saunders is doubtful. And both defensive end Michael Dana and defensive back Dion Bush are questionable. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for producing this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. This may be the only show coming out on Saturday, but we will get you a post-game recap either right after the game or maybe sometime Christmas Day. So hope you all are enjoying family and friends this holiday season. And until next time, go Hawks.